Welcome everybody to Airsoft Radio. It is the 6th of May, Bank Holiday Monday, so everything's running a little bit chaotic today. Uh, I'm your host, Graham, and with me, as always, are my amazing co-hosts. We have Jim. Look at that arrow in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime we'll get it right tonight. (laughs) Seven weeks in. (laughs) So we have Jim there, the the old school of Airsoft, and we have Coolsun Tacticwin, a.k.a. Sarah. Hello. the new blood <laughs> <laughs> and ours and i'm growing from airsoft nation i suppose and we have an exciting show this week as we're going to talk over the next hour or so with jason ferguson aka mr longbow bb oh Hi. so close <laughs> wrong way wrong way i swear so i'll get there eventually. <laughs> jason welcome to the Hi, show girls <laughs> hey, well, don't call me a girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you've been here before as such, but, but months, you were, yeah. yeah, you're at my house. <laughs> so it's a, little, a little bit of a different situation. Uh, but welcome to the show. It should be a fun <laughs> one. Um, guys, if it is, and girls, if it is your first time tuning in, welcome to Airsoft Radio, where we spend an hour or so talking about all things Airsoft. Feel free to jump along in the comment section below throughout the stream. We'll be reading it as much as we can, but I will rest assured say it gets a bit out of hand. If it's not Monday and you're watching this on the replay, feel free to comment as well because we do watch this throughout the week and we will respond. Don't forget you can like the stream and the page, whether it's on YouTube, Twitch or Facebook. And you can now finally find us on iTunes under the podcast or your preferred Android podcast platform, which I believe a few of you have said Spotify. I think, Sarah, you said Spotify. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use Spotify? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I did download it actually to get the numbers. <laughs> ah, there we go. Yes, don't forget to five star us today. <laughs> so, anyway, welcome to the show. How is everybody? What have you been up to? Yeah, good. We went to Friday Day at Duxford today, so I was just going to see a load of old planes and helicopters and stuff, and try and keep them busy. But um, apart from that, airsoft wise. Um, unfortunately, he didn't play this weekend. I was hoping to. Um, perhaps got to Broad War in Colchester. Um, but no, I'm going to take that till next Sunday at the Fort in uh, in Kent. Where is it? In Borough? Borough. No, Borough. 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 Yeah, cracking little site. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I'll definitely go back there at some point in the near future. They're running Saturdays and Sundays now. So you can yeah, pick right. yeah, this is Sunday one. Oh, very cool. So, yeah. Sarah, have you been playing recently? I haven't, actually. I've been taking a complete break from Airsoft. Um, and I had uh, fish and chips on the seafront in Essex at the weekend in the hailstones. So that was... Uh, <laughs> That was a true, proper British seafront experience. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. British, British seafront, yeah. all right. In between getting chased by the seagulls and the hailstones, yeah, it was good fun, yeah. So this must be Southend? Oh, no, it was Harwich. 
Oh, Harwich. Yeah. <laughs> you said tap by, sea, uh, by um, seagulls, nice straight away think of Southend. Oh, you get seagulls <laughs> everywhere in the seafront, don't you? If you're in England, there's seagulls on the seafront. <laughs> That's all right. Jim, how you been? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, just uh, doing what I normally do at an airsoft site. It's down at Ace Combat again, doing the site shop down there. Um, and funnily enough, I'll see you, Jason, at um, Reprops, which is the site of Fort Borstal, um, next Sunday. So I'll be there I'm as well. I'm going to warn you, Jim. I'm going to tie on my site as hard as I can so you can't turn it round. <laughs> I've seen you. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> You've seen my SF shenanigans. <laughs> I've known you for a fair few years. We have. Um, I, I was trying to think the other day how long we've known each other for. but Over, over I, 10 years. I was going to say, it's too long, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I've got my first, my first airsoft gun was a Mauser uh, L96 that I got from Platoon. Uh, uh, I, and that's still going to this day. Is that Maruzen or Mauser? Maruzen. Maruzen, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like Trigger's Broom. It's got the same body, but it's got complete new internals and everything else. But it's still the same gun. <laughs> Stock. <laughs> yeah, that, no trading, though, Jace. No trading. No, no, no. <laughs> that was just out of interest. How much did you buy it for? How much did it cost? Um, I think it's about a hundred quid. Something like that. It's wow. Yeah, not, not much. But no, not bad actually. I remember because again, we bought it. And I think it was one of the first airsoft events I've done was at the fort. And it was a snipering day that uh, Platoon had set up. Oh, um, shit, I forgot all about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember one part, we had to have one guy at the top of the stairs because you had a couple of people acting as guards walking up and down. And um, you had to kind of get a load of people down the stairs, across the courtyard and back up again without the guards noticing. And we was doing it, and I was, you know, keeping an eye out. And Kel turned around, and uh, so I just had to let a shot loose into his arm, and he yelped. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kel. Oh, yeah, my older brother used to marshal with us. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, but, it was good times. I was thinking the other day, it was like you, me, Richie, and all those guys sort of. Yeah. Just, you know, now we're all airsoft granddads. <laughs> uh, I'm still not going to go back into a car with Richie after what he drove back from that CQB site. Well, less said about that event, the better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> House sliding yeah. in the back of a 3 Series BM is not a lot of fun. <laughs> well, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> and I think that's where we should leave it because there's there's bodies buried and yeah. he knows where they are. So. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10 years. And then, uh, weirdly enough, what was it, about a year ago, um, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you need to talk to to Jason from Longbow, Jason from Longbow. And I was like, who the fuck is Jason from Longbow? (laughs) And I was like, you've known him for years. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's Jason. I get that a lot. I really do get that a lot. You know, I think it's for people trying to avoid me more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rash. Oh, dear. Yeah, uh, no, so yeah, so when did you start Longbow? Because I uh, we, we never caught up and had that conversation. April 2017, so it's just been over two years now. 
Nice. Wow. Um, yeah, I can remember sitting there in because um, I used to work in the city, and I remember going to lunch and just kind of had this idea. And I can remember actually, I got on the phone to my dad because he's had his own company for like 20, 30 odd years himself. Put it past him. He said, Well, look, you know what you're doing. If you want me to go in half with you, and I will, we'll just see where it goes. And it, it just started from there and just went up. So, I mean, initially, we was going to run it and then just wait three years to see how it goes to see if I could do it full time. Nine months later, I'm handing in my job note, you know, my notice at the job and going, Hi, <laughs> I'm doing thing I enjoy now. <laughs> So yeah, it's just gone from there, really. But it's um, it just grew a lot quicker than we ever thought it would be. It's for anyone, of, uh, for anyone who's not aware, Jason, can you explain you know what you do? I know BB kind of gives it an idea in the title there, but yeah, yeah, it's a bit wrong, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean, obviously we do. We started off with heavyweight BBs, um, and then just kind of grew from there. So we go. We started. I think we had four threes and four fives. And now we go from 0.25 to 0.48. We did fives, but um, we don't do those anymore because they were the dark grey metallic ones. And it turns out they actually had trace metal in them because they're magnetic. And yep. those sort of things, you shouldn't really be putting those in the forest. So we stopped those. Um, but yeah, from there we went on because I actually had an SRS myself. And so I decided to get in contact with Silverback. And we just got kind of... Uh, started getting their stuff in at the right time and it just kind of exploded from there really and so then obviously you get the the gillies as well from sprint customers we looking for ages for a decent ghillie and um i mean i used to run a jack pike one but the thing is you used to look at a bramble and the thing falls apart <laughs> so it's yeah they're, they're not the great not the bestest um but yeah no we just went from there and then it's just kind of grown little bits here and there uh new rifle platforms like we've got the modify we've got the gbls um i mean there's so much coming up it's kind of hard to keep on top of it all to be honest but it's uh it's good fun especially when you've got an interest in it i mean christ who doesn't want to do a job like this jim you should know you've done it for years yeah i don't want to do this as a job anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's way too political and too much bitching and backstabbing um no, no it's, uh, yeah tell me about that yeah i've had my fair share <laughs> <laughs> I saw earlier on today you, you had to put a post up qualifying that you weren't someone else's company. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently someone has said that uh, Longbow are BB King BBs rebranded. Come on, seriously, put some more effort into your lives before you release that sort of stuff. It's a bit, you know, you really think the BB Kings going? You know, I've got, I've still got a sample of the very first BBs that we got, and you know, measure them. Put them in water, the what? They don't change size. They're not swollen up. I can guarantee BB Kings don't last over a week. So it's funny you should say that because I had the last time I used BB King properly was probably going back ten years ago when I had a Marizan L96, and BB King was like the master at the time between them and the Tokyo Marui Grandmasters, which were in a little red cardboard box. They were point two eights. But yeah, I mean, BB King have kind of very much gone a little bit downhill, or quite a lot downhill over the years. As soon as you open the bag, they're actually okay. It's just once you've opened that bag, it's like a, a sand time that gets turned down, and you've only got a limited, limited amount of time to use them before they just turn into golf balls. So is that because they're bio-based BBs? Because that's the sort of thing I'd expect to happen with a 
with a bio baby well, rather than a there's a big well I think it's a misconception with bios that you know you open a bag and you have to keep them sheltered and you have to you know treat them like a an injured kitten it's a case of a bio BB should only really degrade once it touches the nitrates in the soil. This is this isn't my opinion. This is what I'm told by several different manufacturers that as soon as they touch the nitrates in the soil, that's when they start to take on, you know, all the bits and bobs and they start to expand and then they break down and then they're gone. But all BBs degrade. It's only the bios degrade after a certain amount of time. Um, and if they do achieve that, I mean, labs basically test them. They put them under UV stress testing lights and all this sort of business to accelerate the process and that's how you get your bio certification but it's hideously expensive and we're still waiting for our paperwork to come through now and it's been about a year and a half oh man so bio bbs that aren't bio bbs they can still swell they will still degrade but it just takes a hell of a lot longer oh okay right Ooh. so that's why you'll still see i mean it depends. I mean, you've had. I know the NABV have said that they've they've tested some BBs and they've had them in like um, petri dishes with soil and everything else, and they've been there for like three years. But then again, it depends where you get the BBs from as to what they're made from. Because, like I said, if you had like these point fives and they've got metallic powder in them, they're never going to disappear. They're going to be there for years and years and years. Oh, some metal detecting club's going to love you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to spread, spread them across the beach, just get some moving targets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So Longbow was truly born out of, of necessity then for you, where you just was, couldn't find um, what you were looking for? and It was a combination of things, yeah. I mean, it was um, basically, I'm not going to name names, but competitors, you know, the, every time they got the BBs in, they would go so quickly because obviously they had almost the market shares themselves and the prices whenever they came into back in stock were just creeping up. Well, I say creeping up, they were shooting up at an alarming rate and that's when it kind of got to the point, well, I need these, I'm not paying that, that's crazy. And obviously they're going to go so quickly that you almost get backed into a corner. So that's when we started doing, you know, doing a bit of research, going out to several companies, uh, reaching out to people that knew some other companies because you can't just go into Google and type in BB company uh, well, you can do, but, you know, you might don't know what you get back. Um, <laughs> and then you just kind of, you know, test them, test them again, do all these other, you know, making sure they don't swell up, making sure that they're, you know, they're going to do what they say they do. And then you pick the one you want and then you go with that. I mean, we've actually, it's like so many people have asked, where'd your BBs come from? Where'd your BB? Oh, well, they all come from BLS. They all come, no, they don't. But, you know, if you put all your eggs in one basket, they ain't going to work. Just not going to work. You have to have at least three manufacturers that produce a decent quality BB, and that's like our big restock that we've got coming in. That's going through customs at the minute. That's actually been a huge logistical effort to try and get three sets of uh, orders onto the same ship and then over to us. It's been an absolute mare, but we managed it, and that's why we've been out of stock for so long. Because you put these things on an aeroplane, and you'd have to double the price to make any sort of money on them. It's crazy. Yeah, that's when the business side of uh, of air stuff steps in, and and you kind of have to realise that there's a um, there's a cost to everything, and it's like, oh yeah, just get it from Hong Kong or get it from wherever, yeah. and it's yeah. like, yeah, you have a look at the freight on that, or you have a look at how much they're going <laughs> to charge your customs when you're when you're big pallet like oh, Yeah, on. I mean, this is it. I mean, as soon as they come as customs, they love to stick a charge on there. <laughs> all that's come through. Yeah, okay, you know, you got your VAT, you got your import duty, you got your handling charges, you've got all your, you know, using the freight forwarders accounts as well, so they can pay customs and all this sort of stuff. 
it just soon mounts up. I mean, this is why it almost it's an eye rolling moment when you get people coming to you. Let's engineer again. I've got an airsoft channel and I do this and I do that. Please sponsor me and I'll get you all these likes and I'll get you this. Then you think, oh, please, just you know, the best way to go about that is to what don't, don't ask, wait to be asked. Ah. So we should chat later, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I am number one airsoft sniper and I need to be sponsored by Longbow. I am bestest sniper. I have YouTube channel with three followers. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, that's only a very small portion. Um, it has been, and it still is, a huge learning curve. Um, I mean, the thing is, the great thing about it is that I've met so many new different people that I now class as friends uh, through it all, and it's just a good laugh. I mean, the thing is, you do get some people that are very finicky and very kind of... Oh, I, can't, I can't really do this right now. Even knows, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but you get some people that they'll say, oh, my BBs, they keep them curving to the left. Uh, you know, they go 100 metres straight or whatever, or 100 yards straight, and then they curve to the left. Is you holding the rifle straight? Yeah. Is your scope on straight? And then they go, yeah. It's not, is it? Might be. <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah it's one of those but it's the joy of retail as well because i'm not from a retail background that's where the biggest curve's been whereas i suppose you know the old hats have seen no, all in the channel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh yeah no it's because i mean the thing is you don't you know you get to go to some places it's you know things like uh when we went up to section eight and we met um scout doggy team and i've been watching these videos for years and it's a bit being like a being like a starstruck kid, really. Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Did you and, go proper uh, fanboy? <laughs> <my dumb>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's good. It's really good. I mean, there's other people as well, like um, Brain Exploder and Swamp Sniper and everything else. When you start talking to these people, you just think, you know, watch these videos and really kind of follow the channel a lot. And now I'm getting to speak to these people. So it's. Uh, and then you get other people like Graham, you know. <laughs> Talk, talking about Brain Exploder, did anyone see his recent video? He's now created his own little, what well, I don't want to say aim cam, but a little camera which is basically like the aim cam. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a bigger version of the aim cam, isn't it, basically? Like the actual yeah. camera itself. Yeah, like, video, I've seen the video, that's good. Yeah, camera that comes down in front of your glasses. Uh, yeah. so that when you are looking down uh, your red dots or your eotakes, you can actually see the reticle through. Now, obviously, aim cam offer the glasses version. Um, and given some questions of the audience in the last few days about aim cams, it hasn't particularly come back positive, uh, especially, I mean, for the cost. A lot of people have had issues with them, but it'd be interesting to see what Brain Exploder does with this because a lot of people are talking about these ribbon cameras that it can, you know, connect and relatively cheap to implement, which uh, looks pretty cool. But, yeah, I saw his video the other day. And was When you start Yeah. It was quite yeah. long. Yeah, so uh, no, it was a really cool, really cool video. Um, I like his stuff, I've done for a long time. Yeah, no, he's a cool guy, Mark. Yeah, and obviously, he does it. He did a lot of work with the SRSs and breaking them down and trying different things out, hasn't he, over the years? Mm. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I mean, it's like the, you know, before I even got my SRS, so this is way back. And I was watching his videos and watching Swamp Sniper videos and, you know, you're seeing them in, you know, they're talking about like the dual screw hop and everything else. And then you see they bring out a fast hop, you're like, oh, yeah, go and get it. And uh, I remember going to get mine the first day. And, yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's one of those when you first open the box and it's like that holy grail moment. You're like, ah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> <laughs> you need to get out more, Jace. <laughs> Not allowed to call says no. <laughs> See, Graham and I have this like ever since we've we've known each other, we've had this like, running debate about snipers, and I I think it's all boring as shit. And now I know two people that are involved in it, and it's just like ah, oh, it's like they're ganging up on me. Oh no! And it, you're great next next uh, Sunday, yeah. Yeah, I'm not playing. We're doing the site shop up there, which is um, it's shocked. I, I want to play it at some point, but it's uh, but no. You know that when you up. walk out that shop, that's a game area, isn't it? Yes, that's why I'm staying inside the shop. EVs oh. <laughs> <laughs> find their way around all sorts of places. You know, it's amazing. They, they, they do. Like, just waiting at the door, ready for it. He's like, "Yep, yeah, that's thirty-one point one meters away." <laughs> <laughs> I want to walk around with one of those, um, you know, uh, laser uh, tape measures, and just just keep pointing at him, just make sure he's in in range all the time. <laughs> See how fast I can sprint inside minimum engagement. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Mark. Go out here, Sarah. Have you ever used a sniper rifle? I've never used a sniper sniper rifle in my life. No. Never. Jim, have you ever used a sniper rifle? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but the, doc <laughs> the doctor tells me that the AIDS will clear up. So. No, go on, Jim. No, no, go on. To be honest, it doesn't really interest me sitting at the back sort of pinging people from a, such a distance with a great big heavy whacking great gun. It just doesn't. Crawling in the bushes? No, it's not for me. I like to get in <laughs> in the action. No. Yeah, but it's not about that, is it? It's like you get a sniper rifle, and then you automatically get your YouTube account, and then you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a certain amount of followers. You can stick your name on everything. You get your t-shirts, your patches. Yeah. And... <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, <laughs> shit, we're about to break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I mean, it probably is quite cool when you get someone and they don't even know where it's come from. But um, I just find it really boring. Like Jim, I find it really boring. It's There's camping. A, it's camping yeah, without it's, the tents. Yeah, it's camping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of us bring tents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Twigs in your head, looking like running no, around I'm, with the... Oh. I, 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 I know I'm the... recommend sniper rifles to beginners... And in terms of it's not the gameplay everyone imagines. They think no. they're going to be 150 metres away <clears throat> and have these straight flying shots hitting someone's head and wondering where it's from. When in actual fact, it's it's a lot. Uh, I'm not going to judge it in terms of it's a more difficult way of playing, but it is a difficult way to play because you don't have that much of an advantage. Of course, camouflage helps, but there's nothing to stop, you know, you taking your AEG and using camouflage the way they do. Yeah, no, um, but it's a huge gameplay difference. I think that's the biggest thing I would say over the years. I think there's a lot of responsibility with it because obviously 
generally most of these rifles are doing 500 feet per second and you've yeah. got to keep that minimum engagement otherwise you can really hurt someone and that's like the whole thing about all these uh, people that love these headshot videos and etc. I'm sorry but you go to have fun you don't go to hurt people what's yeah. the point I mean the thing is that person you just shot and you just hurt what happens next game day when you're relying on him to keep the people away from you because you've got a pistol to shoot everyone when they come within 30 metres? You know, is he, is he going to be inclined to do that? I don't think so. I think he's going to probably just shoot you quicker than he is to walk out himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's very considered, I think. But Jason, in terms of gameplay, you know, you've, you've had AEGs in the past before this. Yeah, would you agree that it's, you know, it's... I wouldn't say it's again a more difficult, but a different way of looking at the game because you don't have that much of an advantage. I granted some of the newer stuff in the last year has really kind of ramped up the way things are, but you could look three, four years ago, there was yeah, a range. Things you look at some of the stock, I'm, I'm going to sound like a walking advert now, but you look at some of the stock rifles that come out, like the Modified XTC. Yeah, I, I said it, I brought it into it. Um, <laughs> 60 plus meters on a point three from stock. Yeah. You know, you're getting like DMR ranges and, well, what used to be old sniper ranges when I first started airsoft, that would be a sniper, sniper rifle. So you now get that, you've now got that on a gun. You've got no minimum engagement distance. And, you know, if you give a team of them versus one sniper, well, guess what? The sniper's going to go bye-bye. Yeah, with 16 um, rounds a second. <laughs> and you need to arc up a couple of centimetres to get the next 10 metres, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. I mean, it's like I've been in games before. People go, oh, it's not fair. They've got all these snipers and they're all giddied up and everything else. Yeah, but they can shoot one BB at a time. If you rush them, if you zigzag, then guess what? It's going to be you're going to be even hard target to hit. You know, it's well, what I say, Jim. No, I was just, I just had images of me running around a field like a complete mong, just <laughs> left to right. And it's like, there's snipers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, I it's just the feel, shit that hits my head. So, <laughs> me running at an airsoft site and was like, Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Where's my ghillie suit? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, with the ghillie suit, it's a big, it's a huge adrenaline rush. If you're sitting there and then you've got the other team they're walking past you, they're like feet away from you, they have no idea that you're there. And, uh, you know, you can, well, pull out your pistol or just sit there and wait till they bugger off and shoot me in the back when they can't see you. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't so, say these. I'd almost say it's the stalking element of sniping in the fact that you are, you know, undergunned. And when you get up close like that, that is the the most thrilling aspect of it. The long shots are great and fun. But again, some of that is, you know, more of a case of uh, let's hope the wind drops for this shot. But mm. when you do get up close in camouflage, I think camouflage has been some of the best moments I've had. That thrill of knowing that, you know, every step they're coming closer and closer and closer. And you're like, why can't you see me? Um, and then you're then debating your head. Do you pull the shot now? Do you wait? And is there someone else around them? You know, that's the uh, the area there, which is always... It's, it's when you wait for that golden moment, you take the shot and you're certain it's going to ha- gonna hit. And then at the last minute, it veers off and hits the tree next to them. And <laughs> it's, it's like that meerkat moment. Everyone goes, oh, over there. And they, you know, that's it, you screwed but it's, I think a lot of it as well comes down to, you know, even at my age group, when you used to play like the, the original Call of Duties, and you had yeah. that one with the two Gillies, is it Gillies in the Mist or something, that level? Oh, yeah. All up, yeah. I mean, that, that, that adrenaline rush there on a computer game, imagine that in real life. That's where the pull is. That's the excitement. That's what it is for me, anyway. It's that whole thing of getting through places where people don't know who you are and then just raining down, you know, BBs on them. It's just good fun. 
which is why you could do it with an AEG, although you'd make noise and lose that yeah. element of surprise. Or, uh, you know, uh, a non-blowback pistol, the Mark 23. I mean, um, Brad from the Mark 23 group, one of the things he said was, if you're looking at interest, you get the sniper rifle, get the Mark 23 pistol and see if it works okay. out. Because it's a heck of a load cheaper of investment and you still get that. Have you seen SRU Precision? I bought our kit now. It's the SMP23, and basically it turns it into like a PDW sort of thing. It's very tiny, little compact, 3D printed kit. You put it in there, and you can genuinely write round as if it is a sniper rifle. It'll give you a really good idea of what it's like because you know you're not going to be spamming the trigger on a Mark 23 because it's a double action trigger. So no, I think they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Who makes that? Sorry. Uh, SRU Precision, I think they're a company oh, based yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. uh, in Far East somewhere. But um, yeah, no, we've got one coming in soon for me to Very test good. it. So, Sarah, what about if you don't have a sniper rifle? Have you tried a ghillie suit? Would you try concealment? Or are you, I mean, you're probably one of the players. I mean, you do a lot of CQB. You're probably just running and gunning, right? Well, yeah, pretty much. I'm not really. It's never really appealed to me, to be honest. I've, I've looked at ghillie suits, and I quite like the ones that sort of go on your arms and then clip at the top and have just the hood. Yeah. And I think they look quite cool when there's actually no sort of nothing threaded through them, where they have just the crisscross. I think that looks quite nice for a look, but not to actually do the full sniper thing. Um, so, no, it's, it's not something I've ever considered. I enjoy watching the videos of people who do it, uh, it's very impressive, but it's not really anything that I could comment on because I'm just going to slag it off. <laughs> I don't want to say too much because I feel that there's too many snipers and they do spoil a game because you end up stuck at a point and you can't see where it's coming from and it kind of stops you get, you're getting further towards the other team. And people say, oh, there's a sniper. Everyone panics because no one can see where he is. Um, <laughs> and there's too many. I just feel there's too many. And I feel that it is partly to do with the fact that all these YouTubers are snipers. And then everyone goes, oh, I think I could do that. And then you get all these kids running around with twigs, around, twigs stuck in their head, thinking they're freaking amazing. And they shoot you. They don't do the minimum engagement distance because they don't have a clue. And they freaking really hurt you. Like seriously hurt you. So, so I just think it's getting out a bit, a bit out of hand, to be honest. Sorry, I'm going on a rant now. Are you I good? Just, are you good? I wonder I how many. The problem many, is everyone thinks they you. can do it. Sorry. Jim's going to agree with you right now. I can see him nodding. We, we've had this chat. Uh, and guys, if you are in the comments, feel free to join in here. I'm going to upset how, everyone now. <laughs> how many Welcome to my world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this week you can send your hate mail to Sarah at... <laughs> Again. <laughs> it was the speed softers last week. Now, now it's the snipers. <laughs> um, I think there, there is a site in Essex. I think it's uh, Splatoon, I think it's called. I can't remember. Um, what they do is when you get when you turn up on on day, you have to go when you're kind of signing in. You have to tell me if you're using sniper rifle because they limit the amount of snipers there there are. But also the sniper has to have a spotter, so you have to have someone either volunteers or a mate that comes with you, and he's got an AEG. Um, because even if a sniper has got a secondary, you still have to have that spot there to kind of uh, that's it there. Yeah, you still have to have that spotter there to kind of deal with the close up encounters. 
and also it's more realistic so it kind of it limits the amount of snipers but the thing is it's kind of you know is it right to tell people what they can and can't play with on an airsoft day yes Yes, you can tell the people. I'll just be blunt about it, Jason. Yes, you can tell people. Right, let them it. If it's your site, it's your rules. Not in Jim's world. <laughs> so uh, I was at a site, I was at a, uh, a Milsim game um, last year at some point, and the, on the Sunday, we're getting towards the, the end of the, the event, um, we were putting in, look, we were up before and we were putting an attack on on the task force fob and like the guys came out of the, out of the fob with just sniper rifles. Literally, I kid you not, there was about 10 guys with bolt action snipers and they were standing there knowing full well that we wouldn't be able to get very close. It was almost like volley fire that they were trying to do. <laughs> and it just completely stalemated the game to the point yeah. of where the, the one I see of, of task force comes out into the middle and I sort of meet him halfway and he was just like, this is a load of bollocks, isn't it? And I was just like, yep, it's absolutely shit. I said, go tell those guys to shove the guns up their asses. We'll all get pistols out and we'll see who the men are and see who the boys are. Yeah. Um, and they didn't want to do that because it was like, oh, no, I'll get shot. I'll get really... And it's just like... And, and those guys were... Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a hardcore Milton, but it was uh, it, you know, it was intense enough to the point of where it was just like... This... Jim, would you uh, like me to build your rifle? Is it, no, is it no, I play, no, it's not. I mean, I, I, I've, I've dicked around. It's okay. I've, We're talking. Yeah, it's fine. I've dicked around <laughs> with airsoft sniper rifles and I've broken several of them. Um, <laughs> probably because I've thrown them at people because it's just like, this is On shit. Sunday, on Sunday uh, you can have a go of mine. There you I've, go. I've had a go of your silverback. It's fine. I, see, I think I've the whole sniper issue. Yeah. You still got my king? I, I, I've been working your bolt, don't you worry? Um, <laughs> it was the um, but no, um, see, I, my issue comes about with the, this whole sniper thing. Everyone thinks it's the gun. You know, you've got to get a sniper rifle, and it's like there's no such thing. There's no such thing as like a sniper rifle. Sniper is the role. It's the same with like DMRs. It's called a designated marksman's rifle. The whole thing implies that there is a designated marksman to it, you know, and it's the same with like the sniper part of it is the guy that's got a little bit of field craft that can do all the camo and everything. And I think there are some really good guys that do it. And, you know, Graham and Jason know those guys. And I mean, there is one that I follow, um, Hutch. I, I like his stuff and I've seen the way he plays and I think he's, you know, he's very, very good. Um, but again just to the point of where it's like you just end up with too many of them and i mean uh there was another event that i was at where literally it was a must have been about eight guys that were all from the like the hunterian and sniper ops community sort of thing um mm -hmm. and they were just going out and they completely changed what happened with the game because they were going off doing their own thing and it's sort of like I think that's one of the things that sometimes snipers don't appreciate is that, or, or sniper players rather don't appreciate, is that when you're trying to play objective-based airsoft and you've got someone that just wants to sit there and camp on a road, um, stop people coming out of respawn just because they've got the range to do it, yeah, it's, I mean, that's it's not fun. fun. Yeah. No, it's not. That is being a fun vampire, basically. Yeah. That's, just, that's, that's kind of, I mean, obviously, I, I know the video you're talking about, and I've seen it, and no, I agree. And there's things out there that are just ridiculous. Um, but for me personally, the whole, as I said, the appeal is obviously when you're gillied up and everything else, but you don't have to wear a ghillie. You can just go out with normal, you know, you can go in a tracksuit and a sniper rifle, it doesn't matter. 
But it's the whole mm. plan. Every single BB, you're pushing yourself. You're not just pulling the trigger. So yeah. every shot is placed. And when that shot hits and they don't take it, and then you just think, all right, fine. So you take another one. And when they eventually, yeah, but when you do take the shot and it hits and they take yeah. it, there's no better feeling than satisfaction. You just won't get that with an AG. You don't. I'm sorry, you don't. I play with AGs, I play with DMRs, I play with bow action snipers. You don't. See, I, I think there's more of an adrenaline rush going through a, a doorway or a window. Um, I agree. Just unleashing hate on some fucking rental. Yeah. The thing is, I, I, I've got a couple of mates that have, have tried the, the sniper thing as well, and they all say the same thing. They're just not patient enough people for it. And I think, again, that's a, like one of the... The, the core traits that any good player that wants to do that sort of role needs to have is is patience and mm. you know and and the ability to to sort of just go firm somewhere and wait for everyone to go past and wait for it all to go quiet well, and what, then you say about patience you know having patience do you not remember this is going back I'm sorry Juan, but this is a bit of an interview <laughs> this me, is an Alzheimer's moment <laughs> this, is, this was me Jim Richie and John we went to a, a tier one event and it was... Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the five-year call was gone. We can talk now. And um, we had to basically... It was a real kind of... Was, tier 1 was a company. I don't know if it's still around, but it's run by ex-Royal Marine Commandos, and it was, you know, it was basically in Milsim. And um, there was a team for us, so it was me, Jim, Richie, and John. Oh, I think I know the story you're going Operation, to. <laughs> Operation Snakebite, that was what it was called, I remember this. Ah, right, yeah. And basically they had, up, they had this, F, this, this, this enemy base, if you like, and you had to scout it. And we were the only team that managed to lay up for a couple of hours. And uh, to a lot of people, Milsim's boring. And to be honest, I've, my patients, I don't have it these days for it. But you and me, Jim, we laid there for two hours straight watching this FOB before that guy came along didn't know we were there, unzipped his trousers, tried to take a pee on us, we shot him. He no, no, it, it, it was longer than that because I was in there with Richie for like hours before that because you two swapped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't coming to take a piss, he was coming to take a shit because he had a little toilet roll in his oh, hand. No. And, and what happened was that he squatted down over me as I'm sitting there and I've got my, my pistol and I stuck it between his arse cheeks and said, you don't really want to be doing that. At which point he did a forward roll of his trousers down around his ankle, tried to get his pistol out whilst holding a bog roll and just got fucked up by yeah. all of us. You know? yeah. And then everybody chased us for miles. Yeah, I remember that it was the longest <laughs> run of my life because you had to do it. We, we did it yeah. back because you know, they, they teach you things as well. They did like a training day and they say that, Obviously, bound back. So two turn around, shoot the other two, bound back. Then you swap, and you keep on doing that. And it just felt like it was going on forever. It's if these people just they they really didn't like the fact that you know we've been that close. I think we must have been within about what 50, 60 meters. In yeah, that I mean, well, it was it was at one point when I think it was a couple of hours before that guy finally tried to shit on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, fucking happened. <laughs> I still wake up with with nightmares. <laughs> In another man's arsehole. Not a but they had a they had a whole group of guys that came out before, and yeah. as when me and Rich were there, and we looked at each other, and we were sort of like proper puckered up about it because we thought they'd seen us. They were literally standing on top of us, about twelve guys, and this one guy, I thought he was staring at me, but where we were 
below ground level because we were hiding in the... Right. It's in a ditch, basically, yeah. It's like an irrigation. Yeah, it was a ditch that they'd all been pissing in for yeah. 12 <laughs> hours before. Yeah, No, it was it was actual other men's urine, which was was fantastic. Um, <laughs> it was. It was, it, it was <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the, they just stood there and then they walked off in the opposite direction and we were just sort of like, what the fuck just happened? Where? Why didn't they kill us all? But I just want to say that I think you know when you're talking about patience, there. I mean, there's a massive difference in sniping uh, and that playstyle at a milsim or battle sim versus a skirmish. At milsim, it's kind of like you should expect people to go all in to get completely immersed to. Do the observation. I was going to say, funny footnote to the end of that story. Uh, there was another event that Rich and I did, and we um, we were like an escape and evasion team. And we got back at the end of that 36-hour event to find the guy who was trying to poo on me um, telling the story of that event from his point of view. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he got all four of us, and it was just like there's more bullshit coming out of your mouth than your ass. But um, I can remember his name as well, but I won't say it. We, we won't out him. Prick. But it's. I mean, going back to what you said about Milsims, is I, again that's where I, I the way I look at it is that that role is you know, for want of a better term, mission specific, you know, when, yeah. you, when you get guys that have got that ability to go out and, and to, um, you know, to, to get one guy and they're only going to fire maybe a handful of shots over the course of a 12 or 24 hour event. That's got to be really, really cool. I just don't have the patience to do it. Um, I'd rather go in there with eight of my mates and make him feel very uncomfortable. Tear it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bangs and full auto and, and when we turned up, um, they said, right, who's brought a sniper rifle? And I was the only guy that put my hand up. And then we go, oh, well done, you brought a sniper rifle to a CQV event. I'll tell you what, once I got behind and I snuck into a building that, you know, was basically behind kind of where the other team were coming towards my team, I was having a whale of a time. Absolute whale of a time. It's awesome. Top floor of a building built up, you know, in Longmore, what it's like with the train tracks and all the other houses and everything else. Absolute brilliant. Couldn't recommend it more. Well, again, Oh, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's that's that cool thing that you can do with a, a you know a sniper rifle, DMR, whatever you want to call it, um, is that sort of Overwatch kind of thing to it, and, yeah. and that that is fun. And I've I've done that once with an M14. And I was like, this does full auto, and I can do the job of these sniper guys. So why do I want a ghillie suit? Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to tease you now. <laughs> I mean. So when I used to play with my sniper rifle, my brother-in-law used to have his AEG, and we'd both be gillied up. And the idea being is he's my Overwatch. If there's any, if there's an issue, he's got me covered. And if things go horribly wrong, he he's not afraid to open up with the AEG and gives us, you know, some space to either move back or go in for the attack. Mm. Um, I, I think there's almost two elements in there. There's the sniping from the the shooter and the, the platform you're shooting, the bolt action or the DMR, if you're going to go down that route. And then you've got the camouflage stuff. And there's no reason, and we see a lot of people that do camouflage with just pistols or just stages or gas blowbacks. You know, it's not necessarily always snipers, but obviously um, we kind of associate one to the other. But I've seen some Milsim teams where they're all snipers, all, all giddied up 
you know, the whole squad of five of them as ghillies, and there's only one bolt action rifle there. The rest of it is just to to get in on the objective, which I think yeah, is yeah. pretty. Yeah, I mean that is cool. I mean with that recce role, they're out now as well. They're amazing. They are really have improved. I mean, it's as I say when I first started, you get like a jack pipe suit, and it wasn't until like the hunterian guys and that they kind of then started modifying their suits, and then kind of their information came out to the public one way or another, and it was kind of things started happening from there. But then you've also got the sprint of custom stuff. You've got other brands as well. And, you know, the idea in my in my eyes, for me, and this might annoy some people uh, that have spent years crafting their suits, etc., is that why not give that person the ability to get something out of the bag, stick it on and go and blend in? I mean, yeah, you can add to it, but it's um, why, sh- you know, I, I don't really see why it should be such elitist, you know, because the thing is, you've got to get people in, don't get wrong, even if you turn to a sniper, uh, uh, sorry, a, uh, an SSI these days, yeah, there's probably a lot more snipers now. But the AEGs still outweigh them, probably two, three, four to one. So, do we think at skirmishing there should be a limit as to how many sniper rifles there are on site? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I do. Yeah, I think. And so. This is when Jim, Jim goes CQB none. <laughs> well, I, think, I think there should be. Um, you need to be educated, and I think that at the start, if someone brings a sniper rifle, they go onto a range, and they're asked. Where's the minimum engagement distance? And if they get it wrong, then you better bring it back up or you better go and rent a gun. Because if you don't so, know your so minimum engagement... Virtually, should you have to be over 18 to use it? Yes. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at home. Come and get stuck in. <laughs> well, obviously, the fact is, if you're under 18... Um, that knowledge of one the safety aspects to the judging of distances i'm not yeah. saying that kids are any less than adults on some people judging distances um at the end of the day most of these airtel sites are full of men and we ain't good with distances so <laughs> so what are you trying I, mean, to say? I can i can measure everything in inches <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point i mean do you say it's got to be over routines i i have a site and i yeah i won't mention a site where there was a father and his son who both had sniper rifles both with the bolt um hpa system and the, the the child was known to be taking shots closer than 30 meters. Now, his dad was all the guardian. I presume it was his dad, but his guardian there would always keep an eye on it. But there were plenty of instances where the site owners had to say, look, you need to watch yourself because that stuff runs, you know, dead on point, if not slightly over at times, if you're not watching it. Um, and it was some of those concerns. And at that time, the discussion was on the site. Does that mean we should only have it for our ratings? It's a controversial uh, one because I know there are plenty of snipers under 18 who do an amazing job uh, and, you know, uh, play safely and all of that stuff. I think age, age is kind of, um, in a way, it's kind of, it doesn't really come into a factor. I think, as I say, it's more the hard nails facts of, right, come here. How far is that? Do you think that's the, you know, point to a tree, point to something that's not always been marked so that, you know, it's always a, a changing kind of uh, range. So, right, tell me where you think 30 metres is. Give them a laser pointer, whatever. They point out where 30 metres is, 30 metres is, you laser range it. If they're like 28 metres, you know, it's probably, this is where you get into a grey area. Is there going to be a little bit of leeway or is it going to be a straight? No. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, it's people's safety. And uh, but when you're, in the thick, when you're in the thick of a game, are you really thinking about, am I far away enough? Because you, all you're thinking about is getting is hitting somebody. So are you really thinking, am I far away enough? Yeah. Are they well, thinking well, about I'm, that? I'm I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm you personally probably are, but am. is yeah. everybody? That's exactly what I was going to say is that. Uh, I was about to throw that sort of thing in Sarah is that, that yes, you have to know the range. And when you're about to engage at any time, you need to know the range and be confident that you're beyond 30 meters. And that is where the younger players may not um, be able to control that emotion and the kind of anticipation well, the other of you. Is that, you know, like with a with Mark, right. you can only have like up to, well, you know about that, Graham. You know, yeah. you can only have so a certain power stages. with a certain thing. So you can have it in stages. So you say, right, okay, then. If you're going to be, if you're under 18, say you're a 16 year old, well, your sniper can now do 350. One jewel. <laughs> One jewel, 350, whatever, just to show that you can use it. And once you've proved yourself, then you can step up. Same thing with, like, you know, say, like a motorbike license, you've got to prove yourself before you can go up to the big boys' bikes. And Unless you're over 25, and then just buy what you want. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't ride a bike. I'm not. Suicidal, yeah, when, so when you're over 25, you can just buy what you like. So then he kind of get, then goes back to the whole: is the age an issue then versus uh, the attitude? I mean, is, yeah, I think there are plenty of under 18s that I know that I would trust with a bolt action and use it for fun. Um, the, the, there is an interesting comment from gary in the comment section they're saying he sold his vsr 10 at the weekend and the lad couldn't even pull the bolt and that is also uh, one of the issues with that's uh, a very safe rifles. rifle <laughs> with some spring rifles is you won't have that issue but with the hpa now anyone could pull it doesn't matter how old or young or yeah. weak you are um so yeah, that was a. Uh, well, that used I mean, to always be a point, didn't it's it? Like with the distance, it's almost a. It's on you to be honest, isn't it? But also, you've got things with AGs with quick change, quick change springs and adjustable FPSs, like the, the XTC, for example. You can adjust that FPS on the go. So you know, there's an honesty thing there as well that you can. You know, personally, with the XTC we sell, we FPS check that we check the FPSs over a five uh, over five shots. And then we actually put a tamper evidence sticker over the bolt where if you change that, it's going to break the sticker. So, you know, you're going to, you, you're basically doing what you can, but you're basically saying, okay, if you change that FPS, then you're going to invalidate your warranty. So there's nothing you can do to stop people kind of do it. I mean, you see people, you know, take out, you hear about people taking out different springs into game. They change them in game with their SRSs, with the systemas when they used to, you know, slide out the bolt Systemus, and put in a new one. Yep. It's all these quick change sprints and everything else to make things easy. These are the sort of things that, you know, it's going to be, they're always going to be the challenges. I think we're going to find an airsoft. So, (laughs) (laughs) really? So, (laughs) Matt Bellows. It's it's not quite the same subject, but it's in the same vein about, you know, whether or not over 18s this or over 18s that is pyro. At the end of the day, you've, you're mucking about with fireworks and you have to be over 18 to buy them. And I think that's pretty common on, on every site. I can't think of a site that I've been to where they sell pyro to anyone under the age of 18, because there's a legal requirement to it, but there's certainly under 18s using it on certain sites. Yeah. I'm actually banned from a site for giving a pyro to an under 18 who then accidentally, accidentally caught himself on fire 
And that eventful, oh, no. that eventful reassured to myself, never trust an under-18 with a pyro. I've seen an under-18 with a pyro pull it. It was actually a uh, like flashbang, whatever it was. He thought it was a smoke, so he held on to it longer than he should have. Oh, no. And his glove was in tatters in his hands. And you know, you're going to do that once, aren't you? But he wasn't smoke. He thought he was giving a smoke. I think it was his dad that bought one and gave it to him. And obviously his dad didn't feel too great after that either because I don't know if they had to go to the hospital or what, but yeah, they're dangerous. You've got to be careful. So it certainly wasn't <laughs> high fiving his son after. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give a, a big shout out here to John Jennings. It was his first time playing. He would I think he was seventeen. He, he you know, he was mature, not an issue, but it was his first time playing and I wanted to give him the full experience. So he had his tech vest, which he borrowed off of a friend, and he had his rifle, and I gave him a smoke grenade to throw out and he put it in his vest. And when we were firing under contact, he ran, hit the wall, and as he turned around, it striped on his vest. Oh, no. The thing is, he also didn't know how to get a vest off. So you know that you know, you've put the vest on for him, you've adjusted all the straps so it's not moving anywhere. We immediately start yelling at him, take the vest off, and he's trying to throw it over the top of his head. Now this, I wouldn't say he's six one, so you're watching this lanky guy just shaking his arms, trying to get this vest, which the, the smoke is now burning through the vest. Um, good times. Won't give an under-18 smoke. We did promptly get booted off the site. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go in so, to explain to his dad's, to his friend's dad, uh, why we were home early, why there was a hole in his vest, and why we won't be going back to that site again. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Hoffman, airsoft hooligan. Pyromania. explains why you speak big grenades. A friend of mine is older than me. He was at Sennybridge walking back to the region, and some guy turned around to him, oh, mate, you're on fire. And he went, yeah, oh, no, thinking it's a company. He said, no, you're actually on fire. He had a, uh, <laughs> a pyro in his, uh, a smoke or something in his pouch and his leg, in his, um, like his leg pocket and his trousers had gone off. He didn't realise. Anyway, he ended up in the hospital with a skin graft and everything else. Oh, man. Well, did, yeah. um, did anyone see Airsoft Cam Man recently? I don't know what site it was. I feel like it was a, uh, a Longmore or something like that. He was running he was running out and there was a player that ran across yeah, the road yeah, yeah, yeah. as the player got halfway across the road he just went bang and he, he obviously put his pyro in the dump pouch and it had striped in his dump pouch while he was running and just went off and the guy just turns around <laughs> and looks around like what happened because he hasn't worked out it's his own pyro going off in his back pocket uh, so, uh, does he count as a suicide bomber in that game <laughs> 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 Is, that, is, the, is that not taking it too far? <laughs> the other one is that this, this always makes me laugh. The, the guys at um, Alpha 55 site in Wales, they went to, I want to say it was Sennybridge, and they were all stacked up outside of a building ready to go in. Um, one of the opposition was upstairs. He opened the window and just dropped a pyro out, and it went in the guy's dump pouch. All of the guys around the guy saw it and ran away, and he stood there not knowing what to do uh, as everyone laughed as it blew a hole in the dump pouch. After that one, um, it was like a scene in Robocop where the guy goes in front of Ed 209 and he starts counting yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh. 
Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it's just a funny story. Like, out of all the places for it to go, and in the guy's dump pouch, and everyone just disappeared and scattered off as they saw it go into the pouch and were trying to yell to him what was going on, but was not going to hang around for it to go off. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all those stories that we've just told, do we not think that over 18s only is, should be the way Airsoft should go? <laughs> well, these are all thirty-year-olds. Um, well, pirate. Exactly. Let's be fair. Imagine if that happened to a kid, though. The outrage that would happen over it of like well, pyro you know, is over 18, and i think pyro should only be used by over 18s yeah but what if you I accidentally think... threw a mark 5 into an under 18s dump pouch <laughs> accidentally so 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 you finish yeah, going because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be doing that on purpose now aren't you <laughs> you should be so pyro i'm more dangerous than my own team with it <laughs> we're going to be in the safe zone and see jim putting quivers on the actual mark 5s aren't you so you can... <laughs> well, without picking up too much of a stint on this, because I don't want to be the kill sport, but I mean, let's be fair. If you read any of these smoke grenades and pyro grenades, it says drop them on the floor where you stand. It doesn't say throw it at somebody. So for any incident, any incident like that, I mean, the smoke grenades, oh, I can grab one now. It literally says uh, strike it, immediately drop where you are and walk back two meters. Give me a sec. I'm going to get mine. It also says on airsoft, like you know, when you read through the gump, do not fire at people. But yeah, I was going to say exactly the same yeah. thing. Every every airsoft gun has got that same thing in the instruction manual that clearly only a few of us have ever read. <laughs> 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 but it's I, I, I just think you know, it, everyone keeps banging on like, oh, we've got to get kids into the sport, and it's like, no, we don't. You don't see people going, we need to get kids into drinking. You know, and that's another thing that should be like. <laughs> over 18 <laughs> or we should get more kids into heroin the numbers are down <laughs> spend the day in your mind jim i tell you that'd be mind-blowing <laughs> it's an education even to me <laughs> i don't have the cap and unfortunately the instructions come with the cap on that one so i can't do it on the flashbang more unsafe pyro practices from graham the demolition man <laughs> off. uh uh, okay uh, yeah so, so this one says uh, I does say this one does say immediately throw but a lot of the ones I think maybe it's the pirates pyros that say on here because I've, I've read, them, read the last line of that instruction manual yeah I know don't be a dick exactly thank you <laughs> don't be so it doesn't say hold it for a good three minutes while you have all the photos <laughs> for your Instagram <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm still, still in council of airsoft this shit, I'm out. Mm -mm. That's the new count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's basically what would happen if we started looking at the health and safety aspects of some of this stuff, let's be fair. Um, <laughs> Which is one so, thing to let an adult do it, but it's another thing to let a, a child, even if it is like, oh, well, he's 17 and a half or, or whatever. It's, you know, it's still that you know, legal limit to anything. You wouldn't go, oh, he's 17 and a half, let him, let him have a go at driving, it'd be fine. Oh, I'll tell you, what Gary's message out, I'm awful, I'm terrible with any pyro. Um, at, um, 
upward, you know, the one near uh, Cambridge, the um, XRAF base is about to go. Urban uh, Assault. That's the one, Peter Brock. And Great sight shit marshals. Hate <laughs> <laughs> mail that way. Suck a fucking dick. That was the worst sight I've played at in ages. There's one, one decent marshal there. Yeah. The rest were all just <laughs> arrogant ball bags. Yeah. <laughs> he was really excited to go as well. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, Sorry, continue. We first got up in this window. You know how big the windows are there? They're massive, aren't they? They're like Fucking the size huge. of a yeah, mist. Bounce off the wall straight back down to the feet. And then went over around me. Shouldn't be trusted. I I I I can't use pyro, I'm just useless at it. So I don't. That's why I snipe people from distance. Like Jim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're on the same team, dude. even longer distances. Look at that. That was a really good segue in HTI. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we have a pro here. Yeah, so, it's... HTI. Let's mm. talk about it. Jason, do you want to talk about what the HTI is while I grab an image of it? Uh, it's a dirty break 50 cal rifle in the ballpark configuration that is going to be a challenge with UK limits on jewels, I think. Uh, it's not impossible, but I think it's going to be... I mean, it's, it's massive. It's it's going to be one of those guns in my mind going, I mean, the SRS, if you like ballpups, you're going to get one. If you don't, you're not. With HCI, it don't matter what you like or what you don't like. It's a case of, I really want it, I'm going to get it, because they're not cheap. I mean, the thing is, we don't kind of make up the price on these. We have to pay for them to come over. So uh, when we've got the price, a lot of people are moaning, oh, my God, you're, you know, going to go and holiday in the Bahamas or something when you've sold three of these. I'm really not. <laughs> um, but they're just, I mean, the thing is, it's going to be, if you want it, you're going to get it. If you're owning an R in, you're probably not. I mean, it's going to be, I think the, the base weight without a scope on is about six kilos. It's going to be a long rifle. As you can see, I mean, that comes with the, uh, that's the Elite Iron Suppressor on the end of that as well, so that makes it even longer. The so is the top rifle there, so as you were saying, it is the 50 caliber. So it's like the SRS yeah. uh, A1, the, the standard silverback, which most people would have seen, but this is essentially the 50 caliber equivalent. It was talked about, you know, more than a year ago to come out with 6 and 8 mil BBs. Now, the 8 mil has been scrapped for now. Um, mm, but it's hence, possible they're, they're not confirming the 8 mil yet. Yeah, and they really wanted to just it, obviously it's a licensed product, and they really wanted to go all out on it, and that's why they thought maybe we can do eight mil just to kind of show. Look, it is the fifty cal. Mm. Um, it is heavy. It's humongous. It's you know for you Barrett lovers, you know anyone who likes the the, the fifty cal Barretts, this is going to be the next big thing, I think, it's for those. I mean, the thing is, people are saying, oh, it's going to be, you can't speculate what it is and isn't going to be like, because there's not one in the country yet. No one, I mean, I haven't fired one yet. I can't speak for everyone else, but I haven't fired one yet. I mean, yes, we're selling them, and I'm sure they're going to, you know, Silverback are knowing what they're doing with it, but it's going to be, I think it's 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 going to be, if you get it right, and you get it within UK pound limits, I think that thing, it was 730 million uh, in a barrel. And it, you know, you, you might think that's too long, it's going to be over-volumed, but you've got 72 cc's of air behind it. 
So, and then, you know, this has got to be carefully measured to make sure that you're not going to be over the 2.32. Well, that's 2.5. But most sites who measure jewels is going to be 2.32 for insurance. All right, nerd. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, don't be gel. Be real. Right? <laughs> well, you said you, you can't predict what, what's going to happen. One of those will never be in my house. <laughs> I don't think I've got anywhere with big enough to put it. When you're asleep with me next to it, and um, the man whose name begins with B, he's going to be getting his turd revenge over you. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> Out of the box, do we know much about the internals? Is this something that we're going to see, you know, upgrade kits for, or do we think that this is as it is stuck, or is it too early to say? There's going to be upgrade kits for it. There always is. I mean, you look at how many aftermarket parts there are for the SRS. I'm not saying this is going to be as big a seller as the SRS because it's bigger, it's heavier, it's more expensive. Um, but of course, there's going to be bits come out because people are still buying them. We're still getting pre-orders coming through for these. Um, it's actually surprising how many people are putting a pre-order in. I didn't think it would be as popular as it is already. Um, um, so, what is the estimated retail? Retail's eight thirty. Okay. Let's double check. <laughs> but with Silverback, I mean, of all their products, they are uh, a premium brand, a high polished. <laughs> quality well you know not unjustifiably but it is licensed product is high quality it's 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 licensing as well that drives cost up you look at something like lego for example you buy a lego fire truck it's going to be about 10 quid you buy a lego fire truck that's got star wars on the box it's going to be about 50 quid because licensing it just pushes up the prices because the people that own the license want their money yeah Um, i should know this but it is bank holiday (laughs) monday so Whatever, eight thirty. <laughs> right, so yeah, no, it's it's also you know you've got with a lot. Of, I think a lot of the frustration that people have with Silverback is the times you know when they yeah you because know, we just pass on the timelines that we're given, and inevitably they get pushed back because they don't want to release just a bunch of crap that's going to destroy the reputation they've built. So it's a question of well, okay, you're going to be more patient, but you're going to get the rifle. It's going to work. It's going to be quality. It's going to last, and everything else. Or they rush yeah. it through. It's a load of crap. You don't want to use it. You're going to send it back because you're not happy with it. So it's kind of I would rather wait and get the decent stuff through, which is why again, like the MDR, that's going to be probably later than everyone's saying because you know you've got to make sure that all the parts are made properly and that they've got the production line set up. But that thing, that is going to be a beast as well. I'm sure it is. I mean, I've held the prototype. It's amazing. Yeah, I held yeah. the uh, I held the one at IWA. We'll go back. <clears throat> I held the one at uh, IWA, and if you are watching the the live stream now, it is the AEG on the bottom right there. So it is a ballpup design AEG. Mm. Uh, they've done a lot of work on that, especially yeah. the, from the first year I saw it and now the second year I saw it. Um, a lot of work has got into that. The gearbox is absolutely insane, um, and there's a lot of scope going forward on it. I believe it's running on three MOSFETs as well. <laughs> wow, we, um, yeah, <clears throat> but again, then, it's an unknown. We've not, well, one silver back, silver back haven't done AGs, so this will be there. The, no, they've done the PP19. Oh, they did do the PP19. 
Is it the Bison? I think it was called something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, they did that one. That was one of their first entries into the market, I think. Um, but yeah, and then you've also got in the middle there, linking nicely, is the special edition, limited edition, lightweight. Yes. So this is a hundred wide. Yep. Uh, super. It's basically like carbon fiber. I'm gonna zoom in on that one. So this it's, is a kind of a carbon design, incredibly lightweight compared to if you've ever held an SRS. Yeah, it's about a kilo lighter than a 16-inch uh, SRS. Um, I mean, there's so many new features on it. I mean, you've got like that um, that carbon outer barrel. That's actually an integrated suppressor. That's not just an outer barrel. Um, I think you've got a twisted um, metal outer barrel behind that. Uh, aluminium mags comes in a hard case. The only thing I don't understand is that they put obviously each one's numbered, but that's under the cheek under the, um, the cheek rest, so you can't see it. <laughs> you want to share that off, do you? <laughs> with a hundred yeah. wide, do you imagine seeing anything on site with them? I is know it... people that I've sold our allocation to. They have, I have every intention of taking them out on site. Mad, that's a, there's a lot of holes in there. <laughs> But it doesn't it does actually look like a like a sniper rifle or someone a sniper a, a rifle that a sniper would use. It looks more like a an AAG to me. So the, the middle one, yeah. Mm, yeah, the middle one. Yes, yeah, so that is basically a very basically what the SRSA one looks like. Um, but what they decided to make a lot. Edition one, make it as light as possible, refined a lot of the bodywork. Uh, I believe there's more machine waste creating that brow than actually left on the product um, by the amount they've shaved off of it. Well, it's also it's not just what you can see in that picture. I mean, where the body panels uh, attach to the because that whole receiver that goes all the way back to basically where the butt pad starts. So all that under there, under the body panels, that's all been trimmed away and everything else. There's a lot of work going into that. You can't see in that picture. It's a lot of saving. As I say, it's about just over two kilograms, which is nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, having held the HCI, I mean, held that immediately after. <laughs> it was a um, nice and day difference, let's just say. Um, and as we you used say, the IWA, though. Did you go to the Desert Tech store and no. pick up the real steel HTI? No, that weighs past nine kilos. I would say there wasn't a lot in difference, uh, as someone was saying, because I had the, the barrel suppressor on the end. <clears throat> so, as you said, there is a hundred of them worldwide. I'm yeah. right in saying that you'd imagine they've sold out worldwide already at this point. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, we're running a list of people that are basically waiting to see if someone else cancels their order. Um, hasn't happened, I'm afraid. These things are once people have got them. You know, they're holding on to. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's one of those things, it depends if you see, if you're buying it as a collector to yep. possibly, you know, just hold on or to sell at a later date, like a lot of the Tokyo Maruri biohazard pistols. Um, I know a lot of people collect those and they do wait for them to go up in value, then they sell them on. So I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of people could sell these on, but I wouldn't even like to think what sort of prices they're going to reach in, say, like a year's time or two years' time, because Silverback as well. You know, they've got the uh, popular uh, airsoft wall for the best sniper rifle, or most popular sniper rifle, whatever it was. 
So these things are just going to go up and up in kind of popularity, and then that kind of goes up in how much people want to get. There you go. There you go. Like popular words, silverback SRSA one, and that is the first time Tokyo Maruri have been taken off uh, the title <coughs> of the rifle. So uh, great work there. Uh, I, I think they've done a lot of work <laughs> over the last couple of years, and there's a reason why this platform is becoming more and more of a dominant one on the fields. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, how many when they first started coming out, how many did you see at your local airsoft site? Not many, if any at all. Now you're guaranteed, almost guaranteed to see two or three at each airsoft site, especially where Jim turns up, because I'll get people to go there. I've played at sites where people turn up with SRSs and and then, you know, they go, oh, I spent all this money on the sniper rifle and there's not 30 metres on this site. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me at Call Under Fire. The first time we're going Call Under Fire, I literally had my sniper rifle and I had my AK uh, literally on my back and I literally got to the safe zone at uh, uh, the start game. And... I was just talking to friends. That's like, where are the opposition come from. We went to there, and I looked. I was like, "What? They're starting here." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I guess I'll put this away." Usually, <laughs> 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 like 30, 40 meters away. It's like, well, there's no point in shooting each other with that. It's a bit overkill. <laughs> That's why it's basically in an orchard, isn't it? They've got a lot of low yeah. trees. Yeah, you yeah. come out of there with a scoop because you're like this all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's a, a great site. But yeah, it was like it's not really. Was, there are some areas where you can use a sniper rifle, but the game around the, the town wasn't really worthwhile. So it was like, right, just switch to the AG. You have just as much fun, if not yeah. more. So I mean, one of the things I do see with with sniper rifles, and and at the moment it seems like SRSs, but it used to be BSR tens, and you, you know, pick a, pick a rifle you can um, you can substitute for it, but. I was just curious, Jason, to, to know what your experience with this is. Where you know, you get someone that's bought one, and it's the they're the third or fourth owner because someone spent all that money. It's not for them. They sell it onto the next guy who sells it onto the next guy, and then they mm. come to you for you know like upgrades and, and what have you. They're, they're sort of you know chasing something that might not exist, sort of thing. You know, in terms of this is it. I mean, it's, there's an expectation, and you've got to be careful when it comes to basically the hype train and anything, because you'll get some people expecting a rifle out of the box that's going to be shooting 95 meters with pinpoint accuracy. BB's going to land on the dot in the scope every time. Never going to happen. It's a smooth bore air power musket. It's just you know, there's variables in there that you just can't always account for. Um, now, I always, even though we do upgrade kits and we've got the edgy kit, which is a much debated kit, people say it's not worth the money, etc. Well, I wouldn't sell if it wasn't worth the money. So, and I've tested like, everything that we sell, I've tested first to make sure it's worth it. Otherwise, I just won't touch it. It's no point. Um, now, what I do test people is anyone coming to me that wants information or, you know, advice on a rifle is take it stock. But also, look at things like you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. You can go with the sport one. A lot of people are turned off because it's got the name sport line in you know in the title but it's actually it's a standard srs or it means it doesn't come with a rear monopod it's got one ridge rail that's plastic that you probably would never use anyway because the number one's come with three you've got a ball barrel barrel spacers some people say oh that affects a shot doesn't be honest in the real world it doesn't and it's 130 quid cheaper than the 16 inch it's 100 there's a lot of money but take it stock the only thing i would uh, advise is the fast top because it's a lot easier to adjust your hop setting 
um but it is a bit tricky to put together because the only thing with it is there's no definite locking points it kind of rotates amongst itself and you've got to get it straight so you've got to get it on the barrel look down it make sure that your nub's coming down straight otherwise you're going to get left or right hooks or it's going to block or it's going to do all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff um but <clears throat> again a lot of people get really good results with a standard hop so i'd always recommend just take it out play it a few games first see what it's like and a lot of people they buy these things and then you know even stock they don't like them because sniping is not for them they just don't like the rifle they don't like the ballpark because it's also when you're cocking it you bring yourself right back up here you're not the normal rifle where it's just in front of you there so that whole play style it does kind of take a little bit of getting used to especially if you're prone it's really hard to cock compared to like a vsr <clears throat> so it's my recommendation is yeah you know these things are good but you have to manage your expectations of what it can and can't do it's not going to make you a cup of tea in the morning and call you beautiful it's you know oh, i'm not buying one then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> i could answer that by one <laughs> <laughs> but it's again the same with the hti People are going to think it's going to be an almighty massive power off when they think, oh, it's great, my sight doesn't measure by joules. But you have a responsibility to the people you're shooting at that if you think, yeah, bro, it's doing 500 FPS and you're using a 0.48, and then when you actually measure it, it's doing like three and a half joules. You know, you're not there to hurt people, but there to have fun. It's a game at the end of the day, for crying out loud. It's not played life or death. And like you see these videos, people getting BBs dug out of their skull and stuff like this. You know, you just think that's just wrong. It's just. Every player, I'm starting to get to this point. Out, I think every player should have one of these. If you're going to start tweaking and messing around with your sniper rifle or a HPA <clears> system <throat> where you're more prone to dual creep, get something like that, a chronograph. The Ace Tech ones are uh, my preference um, so that you can just check that. The last thing you want to do is get onto a site and have something that's dual creeping and they decide to do jewels. Uh, or the fact is you don't want to hurt someone or cause them you know, damage. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I mean, in the day, what it takes is it could flare up into anything because you could shoot someone, that could be someone's kid, and the dad could be completely, you know, incensed by this, and it's, it's, it's going to go south very quick. And it's like National Airsoft really... Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bystander. I just heard the screaming of a kid crying and my dad going, I'm going to kill him. Where is he? And I'm like, You're looking for an airsofter in camouflage with 3,000 other airsofters. Good luck. <laughs> so if you just bystanders, does that mean that no one was set on fire that day? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was camping in a bush somewhere <laughs> and just listening to it all going off around me. Not selling pyro to children. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, busted. <laughs> so would you say that for like, if I was going to completely have a lobotomy and, and change my life to going and become... An airsoft sniper tomorrow. That a well MBO one is a good place to start. No, no. GoPro. <laughs> GoPro is the first. GoPro. Thing you need. Do, do they shoot a hundred meters? GoPro. No, hundred meters. And it's bestest canoe ever. Bestest canoe. Is that is that one of those uh, full polymer metals uh, guns that are out there? That's it. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> when you play on the next map, it's amazing. It goes through over the other side of the map. You know. Yeah. And you can no scope people with it, right? No, it's 360. No scope. 360. No scope. Wow. Get it right. <laughs> Mate, every day's a learning day. <laughs> 
Every day's an operating day. You're talking to guys who to flip-flops rather than laters. But, yeah, no. It's it. I don't. It's everyone's got different needs and different different expectations as to what a staff rifle is going to do. And I'm not going. To I think some of them's got gonna... special needs when it comes to If you're looking, if I I I still go with the facts. If you're looking to snipe for the first time, get yourself the Mark 23 non-blowback pistol <clears> because <throat> if you can get your head into the gameplay of the stalking the stealth. Uh, the sneaking aspect, you'll still get the same shots. You can put 30, 50 pounds of upgrades in your Mark 23 and get very good results. And if you like that play style, then go spend two, three, four, five, six hundred quid on a sniper rifle because at least you're going to be more. Again, another thing, the game style changes people more than 23 kit. You know, it's done for you, it's delivered to your door. All you have to do is adjust the hop to whatever the weight of BBs we give you, like four threes and four fives, and then you go out and you just play. And they're quiet, they work every time, you know, you're not going to get any real issues because there's no real moving parts apart from the trigger and the trigger mechanism, you've not got a slide kicking back. It's, you know, more people fall out of love with the gameplay and the game style rather than the rifle. That's the issue. Um, If you can get your head in and enjoy the gameplay and the game style and the fact that you are outgunned, even the fact you're running with that pistol, you're outgunned in terms of you haven't got... Uh, the same amount of BBs flying out as you've got coming in. Um, mm. But yeah, that's definitely got to be one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest way of getting into into it. Yeah, it's, so it's not very Let's talk about the upcoming events coming up, because I know Jason's at one of them and Sarah is at one of them. Uh, we have two events coming up, one of them this weekend, which I know I'm the only one going, so I will keep this relatively short. It is the Northern Shooting Show over in Harrogate this weekend. So that's the 12th and 13th, if I... 11th and 12th, there we go. Um, Over in North Yorkshire. Now, these guys have been running events for four years now, and the airsoft side is starting to pick up. We are starting to see the free gun competition and airsoft exhibits and and stands turning up there. And then just three weeks later, we had the Midland Airsoft Fair, which Sarah will be going. I will be. J- yes. Jason's got a stand. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is the for, for if you've never been to the Midland Airsoft Fair, it used to be the boot fair in the jail, Midland Airsoft Boot Fair, um, and now it's the Midland Airsoft Fair. So they've actually got uh, an exhibition hall. We've got a lot more stands, a lot more traders, and it is still your secondhand sales. My question for you guys are: Are we going to see more of these? kind of airsoft, I want to say conventions or airsoft events outside of games. You know, we've got the weekend away events where you may go to, a, a you know, a weekend at your local site or you may go to a national airsoft festival. But we don't have a lot of airsoft events, you know, where we see a lot of this stuff turn up. What's everyone thinking now? Is it something that we're going to see or is it something that's not necessary? Um, I think it's a trend, a trend that's come over from america really because you've obviously you've got shot show which is a trade show but i've seen that they have lots of in america they have lots of little mini secondhand markets popping up here and there and i know they've had one evike has a big one don't they i think the convention that they have, uh, they have Con, yeah 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 so i think 
it's a trend that's come over from there and I think it would be good to have one here that is further down south and maybe one they have for a southern you know uh, airsoft fair as well as a midlands one it would be good to sort of see it all over the uk in the way that america does it yeah i, I will say i think airsoft con is at evike particularly i think people travel crazy amount of hours whereas here mm, in the uk we're kind of like it's an hour and a half. I don't know if I want to go. <laughs> yeah. It's raining yeah. out, so I yeah. don't know if I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's British weather. It could howl at any time. You could think you're going out <laughs> in the sun. And, and yeah. it's like, for, for me, going to here on the Sunday, I'm going to have to leave my house at half three to get there at half eight, um, which is when it opens, it's doors shut at four. So it's more of a case of wanting to get in and out from the start. But it's yeah, Harrogate, it's, isn't it? Yeah, Harrogate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim, what's your thoughts? You know, someone who's in retail. Well, it's a tricky one because why do I think it's too expensive? Um, from like a really practical standpoint, we only have one or two like big players in airsoft in the like based in the UK. Um, so take someone like Neutral, um, they would be the probably the people to kind of be at the middle, the center of that. Yeah. Um, I think they've got the, the clout to do it. The rest of all become retailers. And and what normally happens with these things, and Jason can probably attest to this as well, is that all the retailers all turn up and then they will just start cutting each other's throats on prices, which is great for the, the end user, but it's terrible for the industry because it just devalues products and, and turns everything into a, you know, a race to the bottom in terms of, of price. No one makes any money, so you end up spending hundreds if not thousands of pounds on a stand just to um come away and go oh that cost me money to do that and you know they become quite futile i think if we have more manufacturing or more or bigger distribution of brands um in the uk it would be worthwhile doing but until that happens i I can't i can't see it being much more than things like you know the the invicta big weekend where it's you know um reps from companies come down and, and have a stand and when Jason did that one with me last year. Um and yeah, and then you get like the I think there's one just been over in Ireland um last weekend yeah. and so that's when the reps the turn up to us reps will come to a site and set up there. A retailer's generally on the site providing all the, the, the shopping facilities and the and it's more about brand awareness for the, the manual and retailer support. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's tricky. I just, I mean, like I've done the British shooting show before with airsoft, and it it just never. Uh, the other problem is, is that where we've got um, the whole, you know, airsoft defence system in place, we won't go into the details of that, but um, that makes it really difficult for retailers to make any money as well, because you've got to you got to make sure that if say there was a thousand people, I mean, I would probably say. Of that thousand people, less than five hundred of them would actually have a defence. You yeah. know, the majority of the people at things like the British Shooting Show or um, Northern Shooting Show, it's you, you, you're hitting a really, really niche market. It's the same. They've got firearms licences, but they can't buy airsoft guns. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that was one of the things that we found. And I mean, I did the the British Shooting Show this year, but with um, Scott Country, who are going to be at the Northern Shooting Show, and that yep. I mean, they've got a wicked laser system that anyone that's interested in airsoft training, like we were talking about last week, needs to check out because that thing is I'm insane. I'm going to look uh, at it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk to Paul. He'll he'll, he'll, uh, he'll show you how good that thing is, um, and hopefully we might one day get a chance to play with it. 
here on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that costs a lot of money to do those sorts of things. And um, if there's not enough of a return, yeah. it's, I, I can't Simple see business. it happening. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's great to get loads of people there and have giveaways and all that sort of stuff. You know, and I'm sure Evike, it's not cheap for them to do, but it's all about raising their brand and to have that happen outside their store, which happens most of the time. Um, yeah. it, it's a big event and that's, that's got to be great for them, but they're not having to rent out like the O2 arena or, you know, the, the NEC at Birmingham to, no, it's almost, I think it's like their car know. park. <laughs> their place yeah. is so big. It looks yeah. like he's just outside the building. And again, <clears throat> the, over in the States, they are the monopoly, you know, they are, the big guy over there they don't rely on anyone else's support they're saying right we're hosting the airsoft con uh, airsoft con are you turning up to the players so what um, did you say yeah <laughs> I, I was sniffing there well you um, know i'd never call it the airsoft con either because i mean <laughs> th- there are enough cons in airsoft you don't need any more of them <laughs> so jason what's your thoughts you know because you offer something different as some of what we've spoken about before in terms of going to these events it's i mean for me personally and my company it's great because we don't have a shop um it's purely because i don't want to be tied down to shop it's extra expense and just something that i'm not looking to do at the minute uh, but it does mean it gives us platforms to go and meet people face to face and people can also see stuff so like for example you're talking about like the the sprint of castle Gilly with the prices etc yeah they're high and the pictures don't ever really translate what that quality means until you actually can see it and feel it and pick it up and everything else and yeah. that's what it's going to enable us to do. So, and the same things like we can show off parts. So, for example, we're talking about the lightweight. We've actually got a lightweight that we've bought for. It's not for me to use, unfortunately, but it's for you know for the for longbow to take these things. So we're going to take it up there and show it off, and you know people can see what silverback are doing, etc. So you know, again, can we, we sand fire it over and over and over again? Oh, you're not going to get near it. <laughs> It'll be come on every airsofter, guy. every airsofter. We just need to cock it and shoot it, cock it and shoot it five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not that. It's going to be boxed. The bolt's going to be locked down. <laughs> uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to. I'll, I'll run a car battery through it if someone wants to pick it up because it's going to. Be, uh, you know. <laughs> Right. But it's uh, oh. but, you know it gives us great platforms. But also, also it's good to meet people face to face. I mean, the thing yeah. is, you can text people all day long, but we all know that text can be written with one intent and read with about five different other intents. So yeah. you know, there's, there's also another difference in the fact that um, you have more exclusive products and a smaller line of products that go out, whereas yeah. like Platoon, for example. The, the Vipers, the HGs, the New Pros, that stuff that a lot of people have access to and putting mm. 30 retailers in a room, you know, for example, the All modifiers. the same stuff, yeah. Yeah, the modifiers, there's only a certain amount of people so you can go, right, well, these guys are modifier, or these guys are SRS guys and they know their stuff. Um, yeah. And that's nothing to take away from Platoon. Like, oh, you don't know your stuff. Because we stop modifiers, of- so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's more of a case like, there's a lot of people that will sell Viper or sell New Pro, and it's hard to stand out. Like Jim's saying, it's like you start every retail will start cutting prices to beat the next guy. Um, yeah, unfortunately, is, that is just business. Um, it is, and that's it is, unless you can stand out with thing, that. I, I hate it when people they they basically do a dick thing, and then they hide behind this whole side of oh, business, business is business. Mm. And you just think, come on, you know, is it ethical business? Involved. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're all, there's a big enough marketplace for us all to kind of sit in quietly and, you know, get on. So why does someone have to attack someone else for no good reason apart from just to be a dick and make some noise? You know, pr- try and up their profile, whatever else. It just really kind of, I don't well, really get some go. Well, without sort of diving into to, to business too much, I, I think that's one of those things. It's a, it's a mindset with with how people run businesses as well, because it's like um, their objective is to win and beat the competition. Mm. And it's like business you don't win at. It takes forever no. just to yeah. just to feel good about it. Let alone you know, <laughs> I'm making money and it's successful. <laughs> yeah, it's this is it. I mean, this is going back to it as well. We say about you know with the cost and everything else. There really isn't that much money to be made in airsoft. There really isn't. It's you know, you, you think everything has to be pretty much imported, and when it comes in, you've got the cost of the freight, the cost of the import, blah blah blah, blah it all stacks up. And then of course, cost of putting when, it on your website, cost of putting your website, and then when you sell it, I guess what that man takes twenty percent straight off. So you know, yay! It's just not going to be. So I'm just going to get my recharging cable. Um, it's just not. <laughs> That you know is possible, and it's it's. I mean, I do it pretty much because a I've done twenty years in the city, and I'm not going up there again. I hate it. I'm not doing it again. And this is what I'm doing a job that I love. So that's why I'm yeah. going to carry on. Um, but as for like you say, when it comes to the people that are very negative and they just want to win, and they want to win no matter what. They tell their own mother if they think you know it's further themselves. All I do is block them, ignore them, carry on. Don't even get involved with them. Not worth it. Not not worth the time, the patience, the effort. It's just, you know, that's why I deal with the team, because they're so nice. Oh, <laughs> 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 I dislike you thoroughly. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey. sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never phone up and talk to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll throw this out to you. Trying to think the best way to phrase it because all I can think of at the moment is like if we say airsoft con in terms of the uh, the the kind of the conference feel of it, the biggest thing we've really got then is National Airsoft Festival where the community can come together. All the products are pretty much going to be there, Um, but it is again all controlled under Monopoly. You know, like they're almost like the evike of these big events. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. No, just to be clear, like that is cool, but I think the the idea of getting everyone on the same playing field you know it'd be like everyone agreeing on whether the asg mark 23 or the tm mark 23 is better you know it's that oh, same it's simple answer really same uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly it's the stti <laughs> put your answers on a postcard too yeah. <laughs> that's probably some kid going what's a postcard how, how do you email that <laughs> That's, just, that's my granddad moment for this week, guys. <laughs> so, so we don't think there'll be a, an airsoft con or an airsoft expo in the future. Is this something that we, as an industry, will be hard? Do you think it'll be more of a regional event or a site community in the local area? That'll be the only way going forward? Because yeah, we've had the showcases, and the showcases the didn't work. America has. We just don't have the numbers. I mean, the thing is, like you say, they'll travel for hours, like what we consider just ridiculousness, you know, in the distance yeah. that they'll go. And they'll do that. And then they've also got the space and the land to have these big places. Yeah, we've got like Birmingham and EC, if you really want a massive place, and the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But then yeah, it's still the Excel, Birmingham, 
Yeah, uh, and yeah, how much from... are they going to cost? And how much is it going to cost to get a you know a plot up in there if someone's you know rented out the entire site for a weekend or three or four days or whatever? It's yeah. just we just don't have the numbers, and until it grows, and it will grow, I, I'm very confident it will. But until it does, I think the things like the air software is basically the way forwards, and that's going to build up to that eventually. Because like I say, he's already started in the uh, the jail, and he's now gone up to the. Um, where is it again? I'm not going. Thank you. Newark. Yeah. Thank so. you. Good. Good job, Sarah. I was there thinking I can't remember what showground it was like. <laughs> so yeah, and it's so, you know it's already grown to that. So it's okay, just a what, about, what about combining airsoft with real steel shooters, like the British shooting show, the Northern shooting show? Um, now, you. obviously, putting the defence aside because I know that's always going to be an issue. We we'll never get around that. Uh, is there enough after that for airsofters to mix in with these other shooting communities? Or is it a case that a lot of airsofters don't want to see that stuff and there's never going to be enough or the the two communities together in numbers won't ego. work? It's too much ego and real steel shooting when they look down at airsoft. <laughs> and we know that from when you go to the IWA. You know, if, they, <laughs> if they see you've got an airsoft brand on your T-shirt or your cap or your jacket, then you're basically they look some of them not all of them but some of them look at you as yeah you know, in a way as if you're just pulled your kecks down and started doing a dump on the middle of their stand it's um i mean the thing is it's it's kind of ironic because a lot of their stuff now they're moving over to more the, the more real steel stuff to put on their on their wrists and stuff so like vortex yeah. scopes and things like this or if you've got you know the rails and the sights and everything else or the suppress you know, somebody would put the real steel suppressors on their guns and yeah. seeing but, people like glock come over and, and start actually licensing their stuff out. We're seeing yeah. some of the big names. But, but I think I mean, it comes... Things, sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I, I, having straddled that line between, you know, the, the firearms world and the s the biggest difference comes in the fact that you talk to anyone that's involved in the firearms industry. What they hate about airsoft isn't anything to do with the guns. It's to do with the discipline side of it. They teach yeah. people not to point guns at people, and yeah, we do the complete rules. opposite. So it, like, I, I think that's where that real kind of, you know, um, look down, or they, or they treat it like, you know, as if it's something childish because it it, it poses an argument to what they do in terms of, of you know, they don't want to see people using those bad disciplines um, and getting confused, and that's when accidents are going to happen. And mm. on the one hand, I'm all for it. On the other hand, I think you've got to, you know, also relax your sphincters a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of, you need to calm down a bit as well, because these people, you know, in the UK, I mean, I've, I've not, not been real steel shooting. I know that uh, Platoon, they do a lot of uh, the real steel stuff as well. But I think it's a lot more restricted over here, and a lot of people just think, "Well, it's not really much you can do." So I'll, I'll you know, I'll go and play airsoft because then I can actually shoot at another person and not kill them. So, but, I mean, it's weird because I mean, we, we talked about training, you know, again last week. That there's so much you can do with airsoft guns for training for firearms that that is interesting and has got a lot of potential to it, but. Again, it's, I mean, that culture, that gun culture doesn't exist over here like it does in the States. And, no. you know, no, again, no. Like, at Shot Show, they're like, what the fuck's airsoft? You know, <laughs> it's so small there. It's tiny in comparison. I mean, like, IWA, the split's a little bit bigger, but it's, um, you know, I think in the States, airsoft is probably growing at a, a much different rate than it ever would over here. 
Yeah, it's as I say, but the thing is, with like you say, like over there, they've got the big culture of the real still shooting, and then that kind of pieces down into airsoft because they can then go and have a laugh with their mates and shoot their mates and everything else mm. and come back and, you know, all happy, joy, joy. But, you know, with the real still stuff, you go down a range, you shoot, and it's all serious because obviously these things are big boys' toys, and you kind of, you've got a lot of discipline to go with them, or you'd expect they would anyway. But I don't think it's wrong to try and bring some of that discipline into airsoft because, again, we talked about last week the kid that got hurt and you know his, his parents are suing the the site that it was at. Um, could you oh, argue that showing the eye? Yeah, yeah, it's like could yeah. could you argue that if there had been more range like practice, you know, in terms of protocols and what have you, um, would that have happened? So it's um, it's a tricky one. But again, it's like trying to get people to agree on. On any of these things which is why i think if you get all those people into one big auditorium there will be an us and them and it will just you know it will yeah. descend, descend into madness and then you know Fro- like throwing a catch throwing <laughs> a final curveball on this one uh thrown out by matthew ball here out of curiosity could airsoft not pee back on paintball <sighs> eventually get his own expo or something like that <laughs> Now, there's the one, we go both... one, one week without mentioning paintball. Um, <laughs> well, I'll say, Matthew, I've got your address. I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> we both have the same discipline. We shoot each other. We both got the, uh, you know, very similar age communities. Uh, and we both probably ha- suffer the same situations in terms of distribution, at least in the UK, of products. Could that work? Wow, could that align two two forces? It's almost like <laughs> Jedi versus. It would be the same situation as it is with real steel and airsoft, whereas where the where the guys that kind of look down on paintball would take the piss out of them. So we just like oh no, I don't think it would work because it would be like the same situation. So no, I don't think it could. I think airsoft is completely different to paintball, and I never play paintball myself, but I don't want to. <laughs> airsoft is better. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, paintball. I think the one thing that comes back to me when we used to go to like uh, stag dudes and friends' birthdays and stuff is just the sheer cost of the ammo. You know, you know, you think oh, I've got a hundred paintballs here, brilliant. That'll last me. That lasts me at least two games, ten minutes. And you think, oh yeah, brilliant, great. That's another. 30, 40 quid down in just like paintballs for me to go and, uh, you know, waste and not hit someone else with, you know? My, uh, we're probably going back uh, probably like 18 years ago. Um, I went I went paintball before Airsoft with my dad and he took me and my brother and he thought, you know, great guys, dad and his sons to play paintball and we all had 200 paintballs each and about six <laughs> minutes into the first game, I was like, I need more paintballs. And that's the sheer horror on his face as this is what the rest of the day is going to become of me buying hundreds and hundreds of paintballs. Um, yeah. Sure, we wrapped up at lunchtime or went out for McDonald's. Could <laughs> 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 you imagine like, being at a, a paintball airsoft event like that and literally you're on one half of the, the site, you've got airsoft, never half you've got paintball. And then when people realise how much paintball costs, Everyone will be over on the airsoft side of it, and all these paintball companies will be like, "What the? What happened?" Yeah, and then well, you've got people like Titman and Valken in the middle that are like, "We do both." Oh. And then it- well, we've got Paint Fest, haven't you? Paint Fest has now got Air Fest, 
So Paint Fest was there, a paintball weekend uh, somewhere, I wouldn't say somewhere in the Midlands, but they've actually been starting doing more airsoft. And so, for example, you'll have the Valken stand and half of their stand is airsoft, the other half is paintball. Um, so we are starting to see a few events with both communities there. I know, I do know from the airsoft side, there isn't a huge turnout right now. But Matthew, it's a really good point. Who knows? I mean, it depends on what the future of paintball is. I'm hearing that some people say there's a resurgence of paintball. Um, but at the same time, I, I, the numbers don't seem to show it for sure. The competition paintball is still out there, but those people aren't skirmishing and playing on the weekends. Um, mm. um, it's an interesting idea for sure. Now, uh, just wrapping up here, uh, Jason, Midland Airsoft Fair, you are there. What are you bringing and what are we announcing? Uh, I'm going to bring a big sniper rifle for Jim. <laughs> and, and we shall reach for Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm going to bring in, obviously, we're going to have the SRS Lightweight. We're going to hopefully have the SRS rifles in. Um, we're obviously going to have BBs, uh, Sprint Custom Ghillie stuff. So the Ghillies, the, all the other, uh, other bits we do for them as well. So the um, <laughs> words have escaped me. The, Oh, these things slings that's it um <laughs> we're gonna have but as much as i can bring we'll bring down um i don't think we can bring the gbls down with us um i just can't see too many people turn up to the midlands air software wanting to spend close to 1600 quid on an ag with all the bits and bobs that come with that um yeah as much as i can get in the in the car to be honest we're gonna just pack it out and get down get up there and obviously we've got the prizes as well. Oh, we've got the modify XTCs. If people want to have a look at that, we're going to have those in as well. We have the G1, the CQB, and the PDW, so people can see the differences between those. Ooh, oh, I'm going to come and have a look at the G1 since I've still not seen the G1. It's yeah, nice. whatever, Dan. Mm. Very nice. And obviously, we are doing a giveaway for a modify XTC. Yes, yes, the PDW. Yeah. For the PDW, yep. And in addition to that, you also put in a Sprinter Custom Ghillie. I want to say it was top half. Yeah, it's um, Sprinter Custom Ghillie. Actually, we approached them and said, "Look, we're not doing a giveaway. Is there anything expecting like a rifle wrap or something?" And he came along with a next gen Viper Ghillie. So it's kind of the hood, the shoulder piece, and then you've got obviously your arms. And it's also got a cape on the back that you can take off, or you know, you can put on, take off as you like. And he's basically very kindly given that to us. I mean, it's about 280 quid gilly that he has just thrown into the thing for us. And the other prize we've got, we're bringing is a TM Glock 26 Advance. And in addition to that, I will be giving away the King Arms Peacemaker, which is mm -hmm. the revolver. There we go. The revolver behind me, uh, which is actually being reviewed this week. Uh, so that will be in there as well. And in addition to that, a Code Red Battle Zero headset. And I still have a few more prizes to come up. Now, you don't need to necessarily attend the event for it, but if you attend the event, you do get uh, a chance to pick it up if you are the winner. And we'll be doing the live draw there. So hopefully we shall see you there. Just to confirm the date on that one, just quickly. Thirty. Second of June. Second of June. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. third, second of June at the Midland Airsoft Fair. Mm. Yes. So, hopefully, I'll see some of the people here who are in the comment section for over at the Midland Airsoft Fair. Yeah. 
Right. Any last words, Jim? What are you up to this week? Uh, what's this? Uh, I don't know. I'm something. Um, it's Monday. Uh, it is Monday. Um, I am. Yeah. Can you get some sleep? I'll be about. <laughs> what start are you at this weekend? Uh, Reaper ups. There we yeah, go. Oh, oh. That's on yep. Sunday. Um, the rest of the time, I will be supporting single mums in strip clubs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now Kirsty's got something different I didn't know about. <laughs> in the comments section. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hate mail that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just doing my bit. Those kids, you know, need an education. And you know. <laughs> Sarah, moving on. Uh, what are you up to this week? Are you playing at the weekend? I am not actually. I'm off on my holly bobs. Oh, so yes, so I'll be going down to Brighton. So I'll be getting chased by more seagulls with fishing gear. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I not, won't be around for <laughs> no. I won't be around for next week. Next week's show for your birthday. It is yes. It's my birthday oh. on the fourteenth. So yes, <laughs> oh, have a great time away. So yes, you will not be around on next week's show. So I have to get a cutout standing. <laughs> lovely <laughs> we'll have a fantastic time Jason what are you up to this week uh, I'm going to the reprops on Sunday uh, there as well. and, shooting uh, me yep. <laughs> purely just for that I'm not actually going down this part late it's just for that so Jim where are I prone a car park you need it um, <laughs> yeah, I've said the way you shoot <laughs> 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 Full on <laughs> some people some people bring tents when they camp jason seats in the back of his car and he just puts the boot up <laughs> <laughs> i've actually just quickly i've actually been accused of full auto in my srs before so that's quite a special moment for me wow that's yeah. impressive <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no down there on sunday saturday just uh Charging batteries and doing all the other stuff you tend to do on the day before you go out. Or the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week uh, I will be at the Northern Shooting Show on Sunday, which is the, oh, let me get the date again, it is the 12th. Uh, so I'll be there on the 12th. This week I will be re releasing the XTC review. There will be the Mastermind review and the XTC review on the website. And I do have the Peacemaker review, and it's something a little bit different this week. Uh, which we're, we'll see how that review goes. Uh, these guys all kind of know. Yeah, these guys know what I did for the review. Let's just say I did the video on the Saturday and decided I could not risk playing on the Sunday, so my Sunday game got cancelled. Uh, but that you will be coming out. Motherfucker. That will be coming out. Me, I'm like no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I figure it's going to be an airsoft radio next week special. So each week, we'll oh, try it's it special, on. right? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, look out for that on Thursday. I'm sure it'll be funny, and um, it sure was an experience. One um, I have a feeling I'm going to be repeating it time and time again. That I is about definitely going to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's about it for this week on Airsoft Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have enjoyed the show, don't forget to give us a like and a follow. If you're listening on the podcast platform, whether it is iTunes or your choice on Android, please give us a subscribe and don't forget to give us a review. Five stars are really appreciated and we will be reading out the reviews on future shows. Thank you, Jason, once again, for joining us. And, of course, all the listeners tuning in. We will see you next week, but Sarah won't, so have a great birthday. Thank you. (laughs) But we'll see you next week. Bye.